The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. And now, here's Brandon. Welcome back to Old Space Show. I'm Brandon, and this is my companion, Stephen. Hi there. Hello. This series of Old Space Show follows the intergalactic swashbuckling escape antics of Raj Blake and his ruffian crew in the first season of Blake's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Today we are discussing the ninth episode, Project Avalon. In this episode, Travis engineers another deadly plan to destroy Blake and capture the Liberator. Even Servaland believes that it cannot fail, and when Blake carries out a rescue, he wonders why it's been allowed to succeed. This one's directed again by Michael E. Bryant, uh, written by Tear Bless Nation. Uh, <laughs> cast is Gareth Thomas, Sally Nevette, Paul Darrow, Jan Chapel, Michael Keating, David Jackson, Peter Tudnam, Stephen Grief, Jacqueline Pierce Returns, yeah. Julia Vidler, David Bailey, another Robots of Death alum, yep. uh, Glynis Barber, and John Rolfe. And Stephen, let's let's roll call those hooers. All right. Well, uh, David Bailey uh, had just been in the previously uh, directed. Uh, I think this is probably Michael E. Bryant's uh, first job since doing the Robots of Death, which he uh, he directed uh, like about five or six months prior to this. So David Bailey was in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Rolfe, I believe, was in three different Doctor Who stories, including the Green Death directed by Michael E. Bryant, and uh, also uh, featuring almost as a cast member. Speaking of Michael E. Bryant, he directed uh, Revenge of the Cybermen, which featured location shooting in Wookiee Hole, and that's also features in this episode, too. So, uh, yeah, a lot of uh, Michael E. Bryant uh, favorites, I think, are, are in this episode. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Glennis becomes a series regular. Mm-hmm. Not um, as the mutoid that not she as plays a mutoid, here. Must be um, out, but, but she'll yep. play a character named Sulin in, I believe, the final season. Y- yes, of Blake Seven. So that's down the road. Um, I th- so this episode. Yep. I thought um, first thought uh, with this one right here. I'm looking for my note because I'm bad host right here. That um, I called it. Uh, Oh, hey, did y'all see Star Wars last weekend? <laughs> it's funny you mention that, Brandon, because this is literally the first <laughs> episode that had that was conceived and made after Star Wars had premiered in the UK. In this episode, uh, the, our intrepid heroes have to infiltrate the enemy base to rescue a female <laughs> prisoner and uh, have a, a suspiciously easy escape back to uh, their home base. Uh, so, yeah, lots of uh, gunfights in corridors. Um, 
the the uh, uh, the the the, um, the Federation uh, leadership personnel entrust the black dressed masked <laughs> yeah. guy's plan of <laughs> said thing. Yep, she's all in white, oddly enough, and everyone else is in yep. black. Uh, flip it from what Star Wars is. Yeah, it's isn't it fascinating? <laughs> I mean, one of one of my most fascinating things to look at is. I mean, I'm I, I, a friend of mine, Kyle Anderson, who I host uh, Member of Cheats with, uh, is much more of a of a film buff than I am, and has basically a a, a wing in, in the museum of his mind for movies, uh, science fiction movies made mm-hmm. from about 1978 to 1980 because there are so many low-budget rip-offs and homages and uh-huh. everything to Star Wars, which is, of course, the new shiny at the time. And, uh, you know, uh, Blake 7 doesn't 100% go the whole way, but this one, clearly there is some recency bias and they are saying, let's make a Star War because, uh, yeah, this this is action-packed. You know what? I think it's good. I, no, I like it. It's good. Uh, it's good. And they actually, it's funny enough, they accidentally walk into more Star Wars by having the snow planet already. They do. They have the snow planet. So they actually- <laughs> Two pre- years prior. Up. It's amazing. before. You know, and there's like the, the, the gunfights in the corridor for oh, a- Oh, cool stuff. For a multi-camera, th- you're basically shooting that thing live, like cutting between cameras and stuff. And I think it was really well directed for for mm-hmm. what it is at the time. No, nope, uh, with it's good. Gun, yep. You know, guns blasting, little squibs going off here and there, and that's you know not it's not the film studio. Uh, we talked a couple weeks ago about how they had that that weird corridor scene in in Mission to Destiny when nothing really happened to warrant it being on film. They shot pretty much this entire thing on videotape, apart from the scenes in, in Wookie Hole, of course, and it looks really good. Credit to Michael E. Bryant for uh you know for putting together a, a cheap rip off of Star Wars in many ways but sort of making it work uh in in the scope of the show. Yeah. Um the yeah, so they they make it work. Um it's it's pretty it's fun it's exciting. It's got because it knows what it's confident in what it's doing because they're like it worked for Star Wars, so yeah. They they're a little bit more um confident and I also, uh, I got, I want to mention real quick since it's a snowy planet. Guess what we get, Stephen? We get winter science fiction outfits for me, and they're <laughs> love it's, those. It's, it's even yep. colder, so they get colder outfits. Even Travis gets one, and I'm like, oh, he looks even more imposing now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's this thing. It has. They've been doing really good with prologues. I think <laughs> in the last couple episodes, where they really kind of set something up, mm-hmm. introduces in the team, um, and there's a little bit of mystery as to what's going on. We have a rescue mission. Um, good sets. You know, we're inside a cave. Uh, feels like inside of a cave. Um, yeah. Uh, gosh. Yeah. There, there's. I have a lot of compliments, I guess, but <laughs> I don't want to sound like a rambly mess. But um, yeah, uh, going through there's there's this guy that turns, you know, turns on uh, the sells group them of Avalon. Out, yeah, yeah. At the very like, I like that we I like that we see him sell out Avalon before we even see who is being sold out. You know, like mm-hmm. we 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 are that the twist is already out there that oh somebody's been in a trader and everything because we see that the, it's been prearranged with Travis, which I like because you kind of would sort of believe. But you know, which means it disguises what the actual twist is, is mm-hmm. that Avalon is a clone. Uh it's a weird clone that they they actually brought her back uh yep. with with the uh, the strange little um ping pong ball of uh of 
of fuzz, uh, which you know is a simple and, and entertaining effect. It's probably the ball itself was probably just blue, and then right. just sort of like CSO, it's a, the CSO ball. Ran, that's what I kept calling it. it. Yeah, pattern on it, which you know worked. It worked. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't care. I like which, that. The the whole. I have to wonder if they saw um, the same weekend they saw Star Wars. If they saw. Um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers uh, with Donald Sutherland because <laughs> it's very similar to. Uh, have you seen that one, Stephen? No, I. I mean, I, I know the famous scene of well, Sutherland is, pointing, is, obviously. Is, but is it on your list to see at any point or anything like that? Or uh, you know what? Go for it. It's all right. I'm sure. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, for yeah, for a movie that's forty four years old, fifty four. Yeah. Uh, well, Everybody so there's a there's a point, and this happens in Halloween three season of the witch, which is an invasion of the body snatchers rip off as well, or where the the lead character gets so drawn into the adventure mm-hmm. of rescuing uh, a female lead of the film that gets kidnapped or something um, that they don't pay attention to anything bringing them back and realize they have brought back. Well, in Halloween three, it's a robot. In Invasion right. of Body Snatchers, it's one of the Body Snatchers cloned as um, her, and they don't they don't realize it till they've gotten that way from the escape through all that thrill, and they're like, "Okay, what's going on?" I'm like, "Oh crap, <laughs> that was the plan. I got foiled. I, I, you know, I'm doomed." Uh, yeah. And that's what that's what happens here. So I'm like, "Oh, it's Star Wars with a hint of Body Snatchers, I guess." <laughs> in a, if that's where it came from. Uh, yeah. But it was oddly reminding me of that when I when I saw that. I'm like, oh, you took a turn. Um, it may well have been in the zeitgeist at the time when they were when they were writing and, and making this. You know, uh, mm-hmm. it, it's tough to it's tough to ignore such things um, when you are making television or anything uh, when some massive event occurs, which is what Star Wars was, let's face it, back then. It's mm-hmm. fascinating. I mean, Star Wars only premiered in, in the UK in December of 19... Yeah. Seven months after it hit in North America. Just to give you an indication of how, you know, it, <laughs> we talk about Doctor Who having a day and date release finally in like the 2010s. <clears throat> well, they didn't even release movies until seven months after the fact in the UK, right. which I find utterly fascinating. Um, I mean, and sometimes in the, in the, I mean, in the North America alone, it took a while for you to get, I mean, if you didn't live in New York and LA, San Francisco, you might have been months down the road before that film reel that's true. Got, got to your town. Or it might yeah. not even played at all. Like I, I questioned one of the. It was a was it season three of Stranger Things when they had like Dawn of the Dead playing in the mall. I'm like, did that play in? Wait, would it have come, that would have to come to small town Indiana. I did. Soon. I did have it yeah. confirmed. It did play in. Uh, my friend Troy confirmed it played in Terre Haute, Indiana. So I'm like, okay, right. that's that's Hawkins esque. So all right, <laughs> right. It did play. It did play because uh-huh. that one did get that movie did not get that wide of a release, um, but. Yeah, so I always I always wonder that, but yeah, the film, yeah, things used to not everything got released. It, it wasn't until like Batman that we started getting regular, like okay, everybody gets the the big release this weekend, right? Um, but yeah, so back then it travel, so yeah, they had to wait for, but they didn't have like they probably had plenty of sci fi magazines and maybe some TV things telling them, yep. but they didn't have Twitter every day going, <laughs> oh my gosh, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. <laughs> And in positive ways. And in positive ways. Exactly. They were so happy about it stuff. Yeah. And there was only one thing. So you just waited for the one thing. But um Yeah. So yeah, the impact and I I am I am a fan of Star Wars exploitation myself. I I enjoy like a a Star Crash crawl like those. (laughs) Like I Yes. 
I'm always I just I don't know why and it's it's good fantasy you know it's it's nice I always I've always said too that um, one of my fascinations like Star Wars exploitation with like I have with the slasher film is I always like seeing people's minds at work whereas typically Halloween is the one that they're ripping off or that's the one that started all and they what did someone take from that movie and think was that the most important thing and therefore they made a part of their movie? Right. And I'm always fascinated and I always like seeing, because you could see real talent come in making those knockoff movies and stuff like that, but I always I always love to say, oh, they, this guy thinks it's the score for Halloween. Oh, uh-huh. this guy thinks it's this character or this guy thinks it's the wearing a mask or something. It's funny that nobody gets everything. They take certain aspects that they saw that movie said that's what was important about it and then they made their own knockoff and Mm -hmm. it's just i don't know it's a fascination with me um steven you and i are fans of weird we're both have weird fascinations with things so (laughs) yeah but yours is that mine's uh production of 1970s tv shows yes i mean i when i watched star wars uh that first i mean the opening scene is obviously amazing but then Mm -hmm. the the gun battle in the corridor in this white corridor really stuck out for me as a kid Mm -hmm. and seeing the gun battle in this corridor because it's basically a white corridor and there's jenna shooting down one end and then uh um david bailey's character shooting down the other end there's you know guys falling all over the place like if had i seen i mean i still think it's cool right had i seen this like like at the same time that I saw Star Wars, I mean, I would have been all over this, mm-hmm. all over it. This is this was uh, entertaining. I uh, yeah, I well, I really dug this episode. It's a cave. It's not the Tantive Four, but yeah, Travis enters like Darth Vader coming they, on that ship, right? And then Servalan swans in <clears> and just like I love how she just like drops her gown on the floor. Oh yeah, uh, you know because she knows that someone's going to pick it up. Because if someone doesn't pick it up, then there will be hell to pay. They will be uh, dead. Which I just yeah, exactly. You know, which I quite like. I like I like the scene where the muto comes in and reports to Travis, and Travis sort of goes to the left, please, just a little bit to the left. Mm-hmm. I'm watching this thing. I love that little bit. There's lots of great little moments in this one like that oh. and the gun battles and um, yeah there's a it's a great story David oh I love uh, speaking of the Travis there was a part uh, the beginning uh, where he looked in the camera and he goes this time I'll be ready for you Blake. <laughs> I was like oh we're going here now okay yeah, alright whatever oh. I mean to be fair I mean at the end of it I mean you know the plot sort of has um, uh, the the clone of Avalon, who mm-hmm. is this great resistance leader, mm-hmm. uh, is obviously a clone and has this uh, this magic ball of death, which can uh, basically give someone a, a horrific skin disease, it's like within, a fungus thing. Yeah, yeah. within twenty three seconds, and then it it vanishes. Um, and you know. Serverland is very cruel, I thought, to, to Travis at the end of it. Mm-hmm. It very nearly worked. It's It got so close to killing Blake yeah. uh, back of the Liberator that it wasn't a complete and utter, utter failure. They just, you know, they managed to uh, j- just basically stumble upon the solution. Um, speaking of direction, if if you'll allow me, I thought the scene I'll on, allow it. On the uh, in the transporter room there, for lack of the teleport room, mm-hmm. uh, where they they have to wrestle Avalon and like you know grab her, you know, and she's like super strong and she mm-hmm. even like you know swats Gan around and everything. Like the fact that they shot that, I th- from what I could tell, with basically two handheld cameras, and mm-hmm. I think it was one take. I mean, ha- yeah, it was ha- one take. Yeah, handheld cameras in those days in 1978 were 
not Hand easy held. things to lug around. <laughs> yeah, they were massive things, and so for that to uh, for that scene to come off a- as it did, along with the other other scenes, yeah, this well, they had really an angle well looking down, so you had to hold that thing up too, right? Like, I it, know it was it was not like a lower eye line level; it was like pointed, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's a thing that you would do in on a film set. There were so many excuses uh, for them to shoot bits on film for for purposes of, of of action, and they never did. And they succeeded, I think, because of it. I think it's 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 a really if watch this episode again, people. If you have mm-hmm. if you ever focus on the direction, and just remember how how difficult it is to shoot such things on videotape and and switching between cameras, and then with massive cameras. Uh, doubling as handheld cameras uh, for that one fight scene. It's it's impressive work. It is, it's very. Um, th- this is probably the most impressive episode altogether. I think. I think so. Too. We yeah. even have the robot. We have the robot from Seek Location yes. Destroy, and he shoots fire now, and mm-hmm. it's like uh, it's like everything's coming out. We of got the multiple mutoids. We don't just stop at one. Uh, mm-hmm. We have like they try to make us believe there's like 16, but I think there's like four filmed a couple times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we get that and they eviscerate people. Uh, <laughs> big shootout in Wookiee hole. Yep. That's, yeah. uh, that's there too. Uh, but yeah, it's cleverly written too. Um, there, I like lines, uh, like before they go to the planet, like, does it support intelligent or does it support intelligent, any intelligent life? Does the liberator, of course it's Avon. <laughs> Oh, that's always a good line from Avon. It's great. Uh, Servalon has one. Is in my position, one never approves anything until it is an undisputed success. <laughs> uh, Villa, I'm tired. I'm tired of being indispensable. <laughs> yeah, just so much stuff. Uh, I, I there's um, also I noticed in Blake Seven one of the cutest things I adore about it is when they go down to planets, they carry their little cooler. That <laughs> that's right. Doesn't have drinks in it. It doesn't have drinks in it or anything. It's got like quote unquote supplies. I, I think it's like isn't it like usually the teleport bracelets that they go in this little uh, or like UK I got a hack or like I got a hack a keypad type right thing. Yeah, <coughs> but I think that's usually um that's usually a Sally Nevette um a Jenna's job is to carry that cooler when she's usually I usually see her running with it right um a couple episodes now but it's kind of that's kind of funny um but yeah there, there's just so much going on in this episode like it's it moves too that's that's one thing it like, does yeah and yeah. there's a lot of different sets a lot of cuts a lot of good choppy se- choppy dialogue scenes and stuff it's um yeah and it's Star Wars, so I mean, and it's essentially Star Wars on a BBC budget, and uh, they surprisingly get away with it, you know. Yeah, uh, works, and and then I I do like I like the uh the, you know the ending we were talking about where Blake has the gusto to go back and face them. Yeah, <laughs> with the robot to actually go the, there. Yeah, yeah, I know to go yeah. and be like, I'm going to leave here with her. Yeah right now and you're not gonna do it you're gonna have to let me go and it's just like it works it's just it's crazy um and you see servalon is like all right look as crazy as i am for this travis guy i'm not dying by him like nope yeah not at all um not much to talk about on the uh for the stayed back on the liberator crew this week i don't think they don't cut to them too much maybe that's why maybe that's why this episode's a bit stronger (laughs) because they don't have they they sort of i mean 
I suppose once Avalon gets back on the ship, then she has to beat up Gan and uh, mm-hmm. uh, and Villa a little bit. But you know, it's nice to see Jenna down there shooting people and everything. Because bad like, aim. Uh, <laughs> she just... is. I I wrote Blake snaps a neck during the rescue. Jenna has bad aim. Yep. Yeah, there's a there's a couple neck breaks in this. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, that's grim. That's grim. You for, you forget, even though it looks like Doctor Who and sounds like Doctor Who. It's a uh, it's a much more adult show. I oh think. yeah, it's yep. a season twenty two Doctor Who. That's where it's, it's trying to be. <laughs> Definitely that. Yeah, um, I, I did uh, both teleporter effects were put into progr- put into use this week. The outline and the wavies. So oh, that's right, it was too. Yeah, I saw both of them. I can't tell. I'm like, is it outline when they hit the planet and wavy when they're in the actual transporter oh, thing or is it just I, whoever's I think, doing the video effects at the end yeah to, I, I think it's way wavy when you're on the ship you're right and then mm-hmm. uh it's just the outline when you're when you're back on uh on the planet because oftentimes when they beam down on the planet it's on film and the effect is on video and, and doing a video on a wavy video on top of that would be uh tough mm-hmm yeah there's a there's yeah it's 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 something I, I I take interest in every time I'm like well how are they transport now it's it's been a lot of wavies yeah and I thought that was what they settled on but then the the the, the outline came back I was like oh okay because <laughs> actually I like, to, I like the outline it's like different than anything else so. yeah I'm gonna have to watch that a little more closely now the uh, the differing uh, libra um liberator transporter effects yeah, yeah. yeah. very very interesting um and of course uh. Steven's line at the at the end of every episode of Old Space Show here is said in this episode. I know. Uh I <laughs> I I actually forgot what episode this is from. Uh I thought it might have been from Duel. And then when it happens here, I'll think, oh, this is it. And I I forgot how pathetic of a situation Travis is in when he's when he says this line because he's lying on the floor having mm-hmm. just been defeated and embarrassed and is holding that uh little magic ball of death uh and he's just sort of like whimpering. He almost says it whimpering, which uh you know, poor Travis has really been kicked down a hill the past two episodes and uh yeah, it's uh it's starting to affect him, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's going to want to impress more. And Serverland retreats on launch the pursuit ships. It's like all they have. Pursuit ships, what do they do? Oh, they pursue. Yeah, that's a good ending. I like that. Because, you Mm -hmm. know, just like it's not a cliffhanger, but it's like, you know, we're still coming after you, and the and the chase continues. And I thought thought that was a very effective ending. I quite like that ending. I thought, yeah, this all excellent episode. Like, if you were to, if you want to hook someone on Blake 7 right here, it's like wow, okay, yeah, yeah. You could you could go <clears throat> like seek, locate, destroy, and then to this, and be like, okay, here you go. Yep, Blake Seven. And and if you like, just wanted wow. to get the, the sort of the greatest hits, the, the you know the bare bones of what's going on in this show, uh, mm-hmm. it would be yeah that, that you would be hard pressed, hard pressed to find a, a better two episodes and episode six and episode nine. Mm-hmm. And then you'd be like, what's this gang guy? He's like, you won't have to worry much longer. It's okay. <laughs> Just don't worry about him. Don't worry it's, about that guy. It's, it's okay. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, I, yeah, this is, is this number one so far in our, in our quest? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I really yeah. like Seek, Locate, Destroy, but this one, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, this one tops it. This is a, this is a really good one. Yeah. And uh, yeah, my, my tops are definitely the ones with Travis and or Servalon in them. So uh, they, yeah, they make a difference and we still haven't got a lot of Servalon. Um, 
She'll, no. I mean, she'll, she will, she will grace it a lot later on, but so far they're just, I mean, even when she's in an episode, it's not heavy. Um, but this was heavier. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah. And I, I liked, you know, the her and Travis dynamic was nice. Vader Tarkin, but, <laughs> uh huh. It worked. It worked. Rip, you know, rip off. Uh, like Scott Mendelson and I are notorious for our phrase of rip off, don't remake. And right. it always goes better because, you know, um, they may, you know, Fast and the Furious was a, a rip off of Point Break. How right. many Fast and Furious movies do you have now? Going on what, 11 and spinoffs. Uh, Point Break got remade. How many sequels does that have? None. None. The, those remakes never get. Just rip it off, and then you find your own path through the ripoff. You know, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's how it that works. That's how that's how all of art. Yeah, works, Star Wars you know? was a ripoff, don't remake situation. It exactly. Was, he couldn't oh. make Flash Gordon. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was it. I mean, that's that's how it that's how it works. So, but yeah. So okay. Uh, well, Stephen, um, set our course again for Earth. But before we Give it to the Federation. Uh, share people your information. I am on the Twitters at uh, Legopolis, and also uh, I do three Doctor Who podcasts called Radio Free Scarrow, Lazy Doctor Who, and returning in 2023, The Memory Cheats. All right, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Braided4KUHD, written work at YSOBlue.com. There's more from the Braided Peters show, uh, prop, maybe this week. I don't know. We are ahead in time. Uh, <laughs> beyond my uh, reruns I've been doing on Mondays and stuff, so... Uh, that's great. Uh, but from old space, if it takes all my life, I'm lying down right now on the floor holding a ball. Oh, uh, CSO I will, ball. I will destroy you, Blake. I will destroy you. I will destroy you. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetersshow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found. 